At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Welcome to Word First. Sunday morning with these last two messages. Eric, what you shared last night, life-changing. The Word is life-changing. It's life-changing. If you, didn't, if you weren't here, you didn't hear those messages, even if you were here, I encourage you to go listen to them, watch them again, and get what God is saying to you. God is saying something personally to you, and He wants you to get it. I'm apologizing right now if I don't get through this message today. I don't know. Just been weeping all morning in a good way, a good weep. Father, we just just thank you today. Just thank you for your presence. This morning I was thinking of this this verse. Scripture, I just can't, I just kind of tried to put it away thinking that's not going to fit with my message. But I just kept going over this. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. What's His name? His name is Jesus. We sang about Him the last several services. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, but, but His name is healing. His name is joy. His name is peace. His name is synonymous with anything that is good. And it says... The righteous run to that and they are safe. He's the living word, the word of God that you have heard preached, that you're hearing today, that you're receiving today. It's a safe place. It is a safe, safe, safe place. Not anything else, nothing. Heaven and earth will pass away. All the other stuff, everything will pass away, but not His Word. Not His Word. His Word is safe. This time last year at Word First, I preached on Sunday morning and I challenged you. I challenged you starting on Monday morning to read a proverb a day. Many of you have done it. I've done it. And from it, I've created Proverbs scriptures that I speak every day, and and I keep adding to them. And I challenge you to read it in different translations as you went through the 31 chapters, and then you started again and again and again all year long. And I can tell you, it changed my life. I, I didn't know it could, but it did. Because 
The name of the Lord and the Word of God is a strong tower. There's nothing that can replace it. You, we, we, we try, and, and yeah, when I have time for the Word, I, I don't have time not to be in the Word. And there's so many different facets to the Word. It's not just reading the Word. It's not just confessing the Word. It's not just praying the Word. It's not just hearing the Word. It's all of it together. That's the strong tower. The only thing that Jesus is building in the earth is His church that is founded on His Word. Twenty twenty three for me is a no nonsense year. It's only about the Word. I mean, I've you've thought I've been about the Word in days past. He ain't seen nothing yet. I'm all about the Word. Because it's only the Word can make the changes. Only the Word can bring every promise to pass, but it's the Word that I believe. I have to believe the Word. And the name of the Lord, the Word of the Lord, the healing of the Lord, the peace of the Lord is a strong tower, and it, the righteous run, and they are safe. Nothing will hurt you or harm you when you're under that strong tower, when you're in that tower, when you're in that place of the covering of God's Word in your life. Signs will follow the Word that you've heard preached in the last couple of days and this morning and tonight. We didn't just stumble into this Word First conference. I mean, the enemy did everything he could to keep us from having this conference. And it really doesn't matter how, it just was that way. But we did it anyway because what God wants is more important than how anything else lines up. And I can tell you today that the Word in your life is making the adjustments so that the changes can be made. And I'm so grateful for it. The Word of God will change your life forever. Can you say amen? amen. Ever and ever. Fabian read Deuteronomy 28 and 8. It's been our foundational scripture for this conference. This morning, I'm just going to go through it, the verses of scripture that I have, and I'm going to let the word pretty much speak for itself. Deuteronomy 28 and 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God is giving us this land. You can apply that to natural land but He's giving us a spiritual land that will cause us to inherit the natural lands. He's giving it to us. And it's something, Eric and Brandon both alluded to this in their messages, that the blessing is something that is already on us. It's something that 
has already been established. It's something that has already been won for you and I. Jesus paid the price for the blessing. It's not something that's coming once you get your life all straightened out. It's backwards. And you know what? You know, in the natural, we think, oh, well, we know. God, you know, God left. No, no, no. You've got to get it. You've got to believe that. That His mercy and grace are there for you till you get it. That's not a license to just act however I want to and not think it's a big deal. No, we're heading, we're heading to heaven. You understand? But heaven was brought here in the earth to live inside of us. And God wants us living like we're in heaven now, now. But until we get it, till the word becomes that weapon in your hand, the mercy and grace are there, and they're new every single morning. Even after you've had a bad dream and the devil's tried to whoop you in the night, you wake up, mercy. You had a bad day, or you did something wrong, or you, you, things that you've had in your life that are not right, next morning, mercy. Whew. And you don't deserve a lick of it but it's because of Him. Hmm? The name of the Lord, it's a strong tower. And the righteous run there, and they are safe, no matter what. It's not safe if you're doing it all right. You're safe till you get it right. And then you're still safe. Whew. Deuteronomy 28 and 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you. No, no, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 30, I just read that. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Life goes with blessing, death with cursing. Therefore, if you feel like it, if it works out today, uh, grab the life one and not the other one. No, he, he said choose life. That word choose there is, is a command. It's a command. That's on that side of the cross. He's commanded the blessing on us. It's on us, but you have to choose. Life, death, blessing, cursing, I choose life. I choose the blessing. <clears throat> the blessing is defined in many, many different ways, but three statements that I'm using for the blessing is God's favor, number one, God's protection, and His prosperity, His protection and His prosperity, but this last word hits me right in between the eyes. The blessing of God is His goodness. When God created you and I, He finished creating us, and you know what He said? Whoo, that bird, He is good. He spoke His goodness over me. He commanded the blessing on Adam and Eve. He commanded that blessing on him. He said, it's good. It's good. The blessing is good. 
the blessing of God is His goodness. And He's already established it. It's already been set up. It's ours to receive. And the verse of Scripture that we read last week, and we've read it during the conference, I think I read it, was Isaiah 43, 18, and it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Question. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When it doesn't seem like there's any way, I'll make the way. Why? He's already made the way. Already been made. Blessing is already established. It's already set in place that you and I are to, that, that we have favor. Not, we're not to have favor, we have favor. We, we have healing, we have prosperity, we have advancement. It's already set in place. God wants you and I to know it. And we, He wants you and I to live expecting it. The problem with that, there's, there's, a, there's a major issue with that, and that is, if you've been programmed to think the negative, if you've been programmed in the negative, which all of us have in one form or another, the enemy is going to use that against you. You're going to be negative and see yourself in a negative way. You may not think you do, but you do. And the one strong attack that he has against your mind is you don't deserve anything that God has done for you. And man, it can look real evident you don't deserve it. Man, look what I did. Look at this. Look, I, this is happening. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm in debt to my eyeballs, and this thing is happening right here. And what about this situation or whatever it is? I, I mean, I don't deserve to be blessed. I don't deserve to, to be set free. I don't deserve any of these kind of things. And he will work you over with that. And until you change it, it'll never change. You can hear me talk about it. You can hear the other men that minister the Word, you can hear all of that, but it will never change unless you get a hold of that and you begin to remind yourself on a daily basis of everything that God says about you. Because the enemy will use present circumstances to try to convince you that that's more real than what God has promised you. Overtime, he'll work overtime. And I'm telling you, he's a faithful overtime guy. Hmm? Getting paid double overtime, too. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, I wanted to read this this morning and, and look at something that I think is really, really important, and it relates to what I'm talking about here. Ephesians 1 and 3, and it says, Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody say has. Already has. He has blessed us with what? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, there was a time in, in my walk with God where I felt like that 
the spiritual blessings were in contrast to the natural blessings. That's not what he's saying here. People say, well, you know, he just blesses you spiritually. He doesn't bless you financially. No, 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 that's not what he's saying here. No, that's not what he's saying here. When you really look at this as you break it down, literally in the literal translations, number one, what he's blessed us with in the heavenly places, the word places is in italics. It's not there. It's, it's, he's blessed us in the heavenlies. And to answer, to, to explain in a deeper way what I'm saying, it's not a contrast from spiritual blessings to natural blessings. You have to look at what Ephesians 2 says and look at the fourth verse of Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us, what? Sit together He made me to sit with who? With Jesus. I'm seated with Him, where? In those heavenly places, which is not places, in the heavenlies. Where is that? That's at the right hand of the Father where He has sat. And when He sat, He said, it's finished. And when He said, it's finished, He commanded the blessing on us. And So in Ephesians 1, he's saying, Paul's saying, he said, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Where do spiritual blessings come from? Uh, The Spirit, right? Spiritual blessings come from the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit is the answer for every issue I have in the natural. If I'm struggling financially, well, God only blesses in the spiritual. Yeah, He blesses in the spiritual to remind you in the spirit realm where you're seated at the right hand of God in all authority and dominion and power and blessing. It's it's on you and what you have the right to enforce in the earth. So lack can't stay with you if you believe that you're blessed and that you've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing, so the Holy Spirit is revealing to you the blessing in your spirit man so that it works its way out of your nat- your, your, the inside of you to your natural life, and then you, as you're renewing your mind, realize this belongs to me. I don't have to stay sick. I don't have to stay poor. I don't have to stay disrupted. I don't have to be in fear and worry and and fretfulness. Why? Because I live in that safe place. And in that safe place, all hell can be breaking loose around you. I'm safe. Why? Because I'm blessed. You know how much of the church through the years with statements like that are more concerned about you being in pride than you being free? And if you're in pride, 
Bible says destruction comes before, you know, you, you, want, you want something to be destroyed in your life, you stay in pride. Hmm? And, and, and actually, in, in its simplicity, what is pride? Doing it your way instead of God's way. So I need the spiritual things coming from the Holy Spirit to show me what God wants so I can learn to have a taste and a desire to do it God's way instead of my way. That's why you have to stay on the Word. You can't know what the Holy Spirit is saying if you don't know the Word. But if you know the Word and you don't learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, and you just keep the Word in your head, and you keep it just in the, in the Logos form of the Word, and, it, and it's just knowledge of the Word, and you've not learned how to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and then show you what He really means about something that's being said. Everybody has the Holy Spirit right now. And when I'm, when I'm preaching, I never preach without Scripture. I have my opinions, I've got my stories, I've got all those things, but it has to be backed up with the Word so that you can get something out of it. See, otherwise, then you hear my story and you try to, you, you try to copy my story. If I have a story of victory and something that happened in my life, well, then you've got to do it exactly like that. No, 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 no. You have to do it the way He wants it. So you've got to have Scripture and verse on how that happened for me so that Scripture and verse can speak to you in ways that He never even spoke to me about. I've been blessed, you've been blessed, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, where I sit with Him now. All authority. You think Jesus came to the earth? Do you think he left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this earth and go through everything that he went through to prove that he was the Son of God? He didn't have to prove that. He already was. All dominion, all power, all authority. He came here to give it to you and I. What was lost in the garden came back to us in another garden. Hmm? came back to us. Father, if there, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. Jesus and the Father's will were not the same. Why? He was all God, but he was all man. How do you think you would react when you begin? I, I don't feel like he saw the totality of what he was going to go through until the garden. The Bible said he began to sweat drops of blood. How do you think you would react to realizing you're going to take the sins and the sicknesses and everything bad, every human being that ever lived and ever will live on yourself? Think there could be just a little bit of doubt? But what were his words for you? Not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, in that garden, what was lost in the previous garden was won back in that moment. As that was said, it was done right then. It wasn't done after he breathed his last breath. It was done when he made the choice. And you and I are faced with it every day.
We have to make the choice to believe that the blessing is on us, it's in us, and we've been empowered. As we read in the definition of the word blessing, we've been empowered to walk in the favor of God, to live a protected and a prosperous life, and experience the goodness of God in every single thing that we do. There's nothing left out. I don't care what you've ever done. I don't care what you've ever experienced. Those experiences, those actions were not left out when Jesus said, it's finished. Sat down, it's finished, done. The blessing is on the people. And we're seated right there with them. I'm seated. I'm not under his seat. He's not sitting on me. I mean, it's like, you know, we're... If I had a chair, you know, and I had Eric come up here and we were sitting on one chair. It's like, you know, my butt's right here and his is the other way. We're seated in the same chair. Either that or it's a really big chair. But we're seated with him, not under him. We're with him. He put us there. Father loves me and you as much as he loves Jesus. We're as important in Jesus' eyes, as He is. We're one with Him. We got the goods. We're here on planet Earth to make a difference. We're the difference makers. If we're born again, and we know Him, and we know His blessing is on us, and, he knows the, and we know the authority that He's given us to enforce the blessing... We can do everything that he did and even greater things because of where he's at and where we're seated. So, today, excuse me. Today I'm going to, i got a couple other verses to read right at the end, but I'm going to end, I'm going to semi-end with (laughs) semi, my first closing. The Apostle Paul, in one of his writings, he was halfway through his writing, and he said, finally, brethren, and he was only halfway through, finally, brethren, so, finally, Revelation 5, in verse 8, can you imagine, if you've never read about, you've never read the book of Revelation, or you understand what it is or what it, where the writings of Revelation came from, came from the Apostle John. And he had a vision when he was on the Isle of Patmos. He had a vision of things that were happening in heaven. And he saw this and he, and he, and he attempted to pin what he saw. And uh, just for the sake of time, I'm not going to go read the whole story, but it'd be good for you to, 
in what I'm talking about right here, go back to the fourth chapter, the beginning of the fourth chapter, and read the whole fourth chapter and then the whole fifth chapter. But I'm going to start with verse 8 of Revelation 5. And this is John saying what he saw. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures... This is so real. It's so real. It's so real. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and, a golden, and, and, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. Everybody say a new song. Say, say it again. A new song. Say it, this after me. Something new. Something new. They sang a new song because of what had happened. What John was seeing was what had happened in so many words at the cross. What he was seeing was the result of what happened at the cross. And they begin to sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. In this dispensation of time, What he did with his blood for this dispensation of time was for you and I to reign on the earth. And what I'm empowered to do is to command what he did for me. Notice what what he says here. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. What was he saying? I mean, you can't number them. They're endless. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. If you read chapter 4, it talks about the seven spirits of God. And I'm not saying that this is absolutely correct, but in these declarations of things that He did and that He accomplished, what He just said, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive this for who? Me, you, for us. So I'm reading it like this. See, because what He's blessed us with is every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. 
He established it, and we've already been blessed. Can you say amen to that? So today, I'm saying it in a way like maybe John saw it. I'm saying it like this. I'm saying this from my spirit, man, about the Lamb who was slain regarding his blood and what it accomplished. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive the spirit of power. Number two, the spirit of riches. Number three, the spirit of wisdom. Number four, the spirit of strength. Number five, the spirit of honor. Number six, the spirit of glory. And number seven, the spirit of blessing. Because these words, they can't be defined in the natural. This word power can't be defined in the natural. I'm not talking about natural power. And with that word power goes authority. They're different words, but they go together. The word riches, we're not talking about natural riches. Yeah, it affects natural riches, but that's not what we're talking about first and foremost. We're talking about the spirit of riches. We're talking about the spirit of wisdom, not not just, you know, coming up with a better idea than what you had before. I'm talking about the wisdom that comes from God. God is spirit. It's only the spirit of his wisdom. That's what they saw. That's what John saw. The spirit of these things that now have been given to you and I to enforce and to see established in the earth. I read last night the word command is to charge, to set in place, and to enforce. The world here, listen, this place, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Did you hear what I said? Okay? This is a fallen place. Yeah. Because of Adam and Eve, this is a fallen place. But you know what he's wanting? He's wanting us to make this earth look more like the new earth's going to look. See, we don't say, well, you know, it's going to fall anyway, just forget it. No, 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 no. He wants us to make this place beautiful. But not in the natural. In the spiritual. And when I'm here to do in the spiritual and operate in the spiritual and set in order and in place and enforce his spiritual blessing, then the things in the natural begin to change. You know what Washington would look like if everybody in Washington was born again and believed the Word of God? Do you know what Washington would look like? Washington will not change until the people change. And the people won't change if we don't preach things like this. All over the world, the church is preaching the word. All over the world. The church is arising. What's DeMar's last name, the the football player? Hamlin, DeMar Hamlin. 
when he finally woke up, you know what the first thing he asked was? Who, who won the game? <laughs> but the world was praying for that guy. The NFL tried to say that you can't pray anymore. Anybody see the, the, the announcer on ESPN? How, how many saw the announcer on ESPN? Some of you did. There was, there was this one guy here, lady in the middle, and another big guy on the, on the other side. And this guy said, you know, this is unusual, and it's not what we normally do on ESPN here, but he said, uh, I think it's fitting that we pray for DeMar. And the guy on the other side said, it's very fitting. And the lady in the middle said, absolutely. And on na- national television, they prayed for DeMar. The prayers and the Word of God went forth from that guy, and he's alive today. I don't care what the doctors say, who takes credit, whatever, all that's fine. Thank God for every say, thank God for doctors, amen? Thank God for them. But the Word of God went out. And things are changing in the earth like never before, like never before. And never before have you and I been given the responsibility to enforce what God has already done. He's already done it. And that's, that's what they were doing in heaven. And I, I feel like this morning, I feel like this morning I was doing that in my spirit, man. I was, I was weeping this morning and praising God and giving God glory and thanking Him so much, especially for the words that were preached in the last two services. I was so grateful and thankful for that what God showed me about this conference, what He showed my wife and I about this conference and, and what we were to do, and just the theme of the conference, you, you couldn't have scripted it any better. No way. We, we, I mean, we never talked about it. I sent he and Eric and Roxanne a text. This is what it is, and this is the Scripture. And they came out with that. Spirit of God. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. We're already empowered. We have the ability to hear. And it's so great to be a part of the church of people that are hearing his voice, doing what he says, and letting worry and fretfulness be a thing of the past. No worry, no care. We live in a safe place. Can you say amen to that? One last thing I would just want to encourage you in. Well, I still got seven minutes. <clears throat> we joke about the clock. You realize... You go over on the clock. You just go over. Now, if Eric would have gone over about 45 minutes, you know, I would have had a talk with him. No. No. We're hearing God. Thank God for, you know, you set your times up, you do your little thing, and and, and that's good. It helps you. But at the end of the day, you do what God says. Psalm 103 and 20. Bless the Lord. You, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. There there was a bunch of different people up there, but there were a bunch of angels, and how many of them were there? Thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. And the angels of God were sent here to work on our behalf. And the word you're doing, the word you're declaring, and the word you're speaking is being heeded 
by angels. You're not on your own. A lot of people have ideas about angels and, you know, people are angels and this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And, you know, angels unaware and things that have happened, I believe, in all that kind of thing. But angels of God are here to minister on our behalf. And this is what the angels are doing. You need to meditate on Psalm 103.20 for a while. But what you need to do is, and you can base this on Hebrews chapter 1, you can go and read it for yourself. God wants you to command the angels to take the word you speak and do something with it. We have the authority to command angels. We're not on, we're not on our own unless we think we are. We have the Spirit of God, we have the Word of God, we have the angels of God, and the angels of God, they excel in strength, they do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word. They didn't, it didn't say just heeding the voice if God is saying it. Well, we know we sit at the right hand of the Father, and when I speak the Word, it's like Jesus speaking it, because I know who I am. So the angels heed the, 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 the words of my mouth, and they carry it out. They do that word. I'm not doing it on my own. I've got the angels to back me up. I'm blessed in one way, and I'm blessed in a thousand other ways. We're blessed. We are blessed, and we are empowered to prosper. I'm not going into this today, and I've got one more message on this that I'll preach next Sunday, and I'll talk a little bit more about this. <clears throat> this last year, actually the last two years, I've been shocked, and I'm, I'm ending with this. I, this is my last ending. I, 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 am, I am ending with this. I've been shocked in the last... two years at least that I've seen it and heard it, of how many, I'm not talking about the people in the world. If you don't understand it, you're not going to, you're going to think that all preachers want is your money. But the preachers that have come against the teaching of the tithe, I sat and I, I I've listened to three messages from a person because I, I, you know, somebody that I respect and somebody that I like has taught me a lot of really great things through the years. And to talk about the tithe, the way I, somebody else said that he talked, I said, I got to hear it for myself. So I listened to it. And I didn't just listen to a little bit of it. And I didn't, I didn't listen to it to be critical. I listened to what he said. And here's the thing. All I can speak for is myself. I have a revelation of the tithe that that man doesn't have. Because I don't tithe because I have to. I, I, I believe 100% there's not a person sitting in here today or anybody that's ever been a part of this church body that felt pressured when they came to church to tithe. 
from anything that's ever been spoken from this pulpit. We've taught you the tithe. We've taught you how to give. As Fabian shared earlier, you know, did a great job of sharing earlier on the tithe and sowing. Some people say, well, why do you talk so much about it? We don't talk that much about it. His, his little message was, what, three and a half minutes? A lot of times we, don't even, we just receive an offering and just encourage you to give. But we teach series on it because you need to know what the Bible says. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. You don't have to do it. But in the tithe, in Malachi chapter 3, in that, in that tithe passage right there and throughout the Bible, there's an exchange that's involved when you're a tither. And it's not like, well, if you give your money, because tithing, number one, isn't giving. Tithing is honoring God with something that belongs to Him. And when you do that, the exchange is the blessing. That's what it says. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Prove me in, in this herewith, says the Lord of hosts, that I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. It didn't say blessings. It said blessing. The empowerment on you to prosper. But because tithing isn't sowing, it's not sowing. It's different. Sowing is different. Because tithing isn't sowing, that blessing remains on your life, not just where your finances are concerned, but your physical body, your marriages, your families, your, your career, your future, your jobs. I don't care what it is. The blessing remains on your life. And every time something happens, something maybe comes against me or something, you know, just this past year, you know, there's a, no, there's a number of different things that tried to rise up and, and happen. And you know what I had coming out of my mouth? Nuh-uh. I'm a tither. Uh-uh. I'm a tither. And the devourer, God said I, He would rebuke the devourer on our behalf. And what's my responsibility? To enforce that. <laughs> Every day. He's already rebuked the devourer because I'm already blessed. And you read it last night. You can't curse what's blessed. So we have to enforce that. So when I move my finger, like David Robinson used to under the basket, nah, you ain't coming in here. This is my lane, baby. No, devil. No. Uh-uh. I'm a tither. Blessing is mine. I tithe because it belongs to him. Huh? I, I tithe because it belongs to him, not because I have to. And if you're in a have-to mode of tithing, I'd quit until you got the revelation. I would. I'd quit. No reason to tithe if you have no revelation with it. But as you tithe, the revelation will increase. And it will grow. Because he told you the only, one of the only times in Scripture where he said, prove me. Well, I'm not a tither, but you think I should try it? Try it. That's the only time I'd tell somebody to try it. I'm not telling you to do it because I wouldn't ever tell anybody to do it other than following my leadership in what I've taught from the Word. Try it. Prove Him. Test Him. See if He'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing in your life. There's not room enough to receive. 
And when you become a tither, you know there's all kinds of things in the natural trying to stop that blessing from happening. We've talked about the blessing today, and I'm just telling you that is a key to keep the door of blessing flowing in your life. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it next Sunday. But receive what I said today, what I declared today. Receive it. Make it a part of your life in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.